Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor David Lindell, Executive Ministry Pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I want to spend just a few moments in our time together tonight looking back at a portion of what we listened to my dad preach on Sunday. Wasn't that a fantastic, I mean, over the top, such a word for, for us as a church, such a timely word, and uh, you know, just I, I, was, I was honestly just blown away uh, by his strength and uh, excited to hear him preach on Sunday uh, again as we continue in the New Normal series, but looking at the life of Joshua, learning lessons that are positioning every single one of us not to simply visit the land of God's blessing, but to live there, to live there. I don't want to, I don't know about you, but I don't want to just visit. I don't want to brush up against God's blessing. I want to live in the flow of all that he has for me. You want to live in the flow of all that he has for you. And so that's what we're learning in this series. And, and on Sunday, we looked at this conversation as they're standing at the precipice of this battle with the city of Jericho, this garrison city that stands on the border of the promised land. And Joshua is looking at it and sizing it up. And it's a massive, massive undertaking that is really an impossibility for the Israelites on their own. And he has this conversation with this, with this person who is identified as the commander of the Lord's army. And as I was thinking about what we looked at on Sunday, I just, I just couldn't get away from this conversation, the beginning of this conversation between Joshua and the commander of the Lord's army. And here's what I love about God's word. God's word is so rich and God's word is so deep that it's like if you were standing near a well and you took a pebble and you threw it into the well, you would never hear it hit the bottom because, and the writer of scripture says, how unsearchable are your riches. You can't, you know what? Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? There is no end to the wisdom of God. And he, because he's good and he loves you, has put his wisdom into a book, namely the Bible. And so anytime we come to a passage, there's always more. It's like you've got a diamond and you hold it up to the sun. And as you turn that stone against the light of the sun, every angle refracts different parts of the stone's beauty. And so I want to take that stone that is Joshua chapter 5 and verse 15, and I want to hold it up to the light, to the illumination of the Holy Spirit and see a little bit more of the riches in it. And so Joshua chapter 5, Joshua is having this conversation with the commander of the army of the Lord. And in the middle of this conversation, Joshua fell down and worshiped. And as he falls down, he asks a question. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And I want to zero in on the response that we get from the commander of the Lord's armies that we saw on Sunday is the pre-incarnate Christ. This is Joshua having a conversation with the pre-incarnate Jesus. Jesus and Joshua having a conversation 
And he, it's the response to Joshua in verse 15 that now I want to turn to. Verse 15. And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Just a few verses earlier, Joshua has a, has a question. And he says, are you for us or are you for our enemies? Are you for us or are you for them? And there's this really mysterious, enigmatic answer that's given by the commander of the armies of the Lord, a.k.a. the pre-incarnate Christ Jesus. And it's mysterious, but essentially we get the drift that he's definitely not against them. But that's also not his primary concern. He's definitely for them, but you could wonder why he doesn't just come out and say it. As you recall, he, Joshua says, are you for us? Are you for them? And he says, no. And the reason he says no, if you're wondering, okay, why doesn't he just come out and answer the question? I believe it's in part because he wants Joshua to learn a bigger lesson. We saw part of this on Sunday, but the lessons that he wants Joshua to learn here are to be able to recognize when God's presence is present. That's the first lesson. We're going to see this. And not only to recognize God's presence, but also when to trust him, how to trust him. So there are two questions we really need to answer as we look at this verse. And the first is this, how do you recognize God's presence? How do you recognize God's presence? And before we answer that question directly, there's a sub-question we need to answer, and namely, where else have we seen what we see when Joshua hears from the commander of the Lord's armies, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy? There's one other place. Somebody said it. Somebody online. I believe like 10 people online are saying it. Only three people here at the South Campus said it. But online, you guys got it. Like in Texas, boom. Um, Moses. This is said to Moses. He's standing in front of the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3 in verse 5. And out of the burning bush, the Lord speaks. And he says, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is Holy. It's holy. This question only shows up in this particular form. Other people in scripture are told to take off their sandals, but not like this. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua, he, he knew that, here's the thing, Joshua knew that Moses walked with God. The people of Israel knew that Moses walked with God. That was very clear to them. Moses radiated for parts of his tenure as Israel's leader. He, his face glowed so much of the glory of God that they had to put a veil over his face. He was scaring people with how close he walked with God. There was a power on his life. The presence of the Lord was on his life. He walked with God as a man walks with his friend. Moses had this proximity in his relationship to God. And even though the Israelites had seen God do great things, even though Joshua had seen God go before them, they, I mean, they just walked through the Jordan on dry land because God parted the waters. 
it seems their lingering thought as they enter the promised land is, but Moses isn't here. We don't have Moses. I think Joshua's even thinking that. I mean, Moses. Moses is the guy. Moses is, his face radiates. His, they're just, there's this power to him. There's this power to his life. The presence of the Lord is on his life. Moses isn't here. They associated the presence of God with a person. They associated, you know, and on the one hand, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? When, when you know a person and they've got this close walk with the Lord and you think of them and you think, wow, there's just a presence of the Lord on their life. There's a presence of the Lord on that ministry. There's a presence of the Lord on their teaching or whatever. The, you, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. Praise God for Moses. Praise God for his life. Praise God for his leadership. But that association can also be detrimental. How so? Well, we can all fall prey to associating the presence of God so strongly with a particular thing that then we equate. So when we're answering the question, how do you know when you're in the presence of God or how do you recognize God's presence? Because we associate the presence of God with a song. Oh, when they sing that song, that's just a man. That's so good. Like that song, like that's how God's presence really showed up. But if they hadn't sang the song, you wouldn't be so sure. Or it's, you know, it's that worship leader. When they, when, when they, when there's just, and there, you associate them. And it's a good thing on the one hand, praise God, there's a power to their leadership and there's a grace of the Lord on their leadership. That's wonderful. But if we're not careful, we can begin associating the presence of God singularly or predominantly with a thing or with a person. That song, this routine, that teaching or that teacher or that leader, we associate it with a style even. That style. I just really sense the presence of God. Not so much over here, but really, you know, that is really where it's at. So if we're not careful, we build, a, we build this kind of philosophy, spiritually speaking, where we can be drawn and we feel like we're, we, can, we can really get into the presence of God if that thing is present. And honestly... I, Israel and Joshua had this same thing going on with Moses, that because Moses was gone, now Joshua is sitting and he's staring down Jericho and he's thinking, but Moses isn't here. God, I know that you've said you're going to take us into the promised land. I know you've said there are great things in front of us, but Moses isn't here. We're, we don't have the leader that we used to have. And God wants Joshua to move beyond recognizing his presence simply by association. He, he, can I just tell you, let's stop. He doesn't want Joshua just to do that. He wants all of us to do that. That we would move beyond recognizing God's presence merely by association and begin to recognize it through relationship with him. That it's the proximity with which you walk with him. It's the intimacy of your walk with God that is what makes you sensitive in any moment, any setting, any style, any song to God's presence. He wants to sensitize Joshua to his presence. 
God wants Joshua to recognize his presence through relationship with him. And this continues into the New Testament, by the way. What does James say in James chapter four, verse eight? He says, draw near to God. In other words, proximity, intimacy, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The key is relationship. The key is getting close to him. The key is a hunger to be near him. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So now, second aspect of this whole verse that's so interesting. Why is this place called holy? So Joshua is standing, uh, he's, he's standing, he's looking perhaps at Jericho or he sees it off in the distance or he's even, he's looking at that direct, in that direction and the angel of the army of the Lord, the pre-incarnate Christ shows up and says, take off your sandals because the place you're standing is holy. Why is this place holy? The reason this place is holy is this is the place where God is meeting him. Wherever God meets you, Wherever, whatever season, whatever time of day, whatever moment, wherever he meets you, he can turn any place into the place. He can meet you. He can create a holy moment on ground that you didn't think was holy at all. Why? Because he's there and he's holy. He says, take off your sandals. The place where you're standing is holy because he is meeting Joshua in a moment. He's meeting Joshua in a place. When Joshua was thinking about Moses and what Moses did, God shows up and says, Joshua, stop looking at that person and stop looking for that thing and start looking for me. Recognize my presence by recognizing me. Recognize my presence by making me your focus. That's what we all have to do. How we recognize God's presence is through relationship and intimacy with him. Second question, though, that we're led to in this passage is how are we ready or how ready are you to trust God? Because this is all bound up together. It's not simply that God is teaching Joshua a lesson about sensitivity to his presence, although that's an important lesson. This is bound up with Joshua's concern and anxiety about the battle in front of them. Joshua is staring out at the horizon and he's thinking about Jericho, and we know he's thinking about it because when the angel of the, com the commander of the armies of the Lord shows up, Joshua's question is, are you for us or are you for them? That's a guy who's thinking about the battle. He's thinking about allegiances. He's thinking about sides. He's thinking about the fight. He's thinking about Jericho. He's thinking about the heights of the walls. He's thinking about the size of their army. He's thinking about the battle. But that shouldn't have been the issue. Why? It shouldn't have been the issue because of what God had already established. Joshua chapter one, verse five, no man, this is God speaking to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. How comprehensive is that promise? Joshua, this isn't just for the conquest. This is for every moment of every day for the rest of your life. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses. 
So I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. See that? Joshua is asking a question that he's already been told the answer to. I think in our spiritual lives, in our walks with God, too often when we're facing Jericho, when we're facing an impossibility, we end up asking God questions that we already know the answer to. God, where are you? I'm right here. God, will you help me? Yes, I will. God, why don't I feel your presence? I'm next to you. Like I'm, I, I already answered that question. It reminds me of my four-year-old. Becky loves questions. Um, Calvin is sweet, sweet, sweet. But when we're gonna go on a trip, we just recently got to go to, to Disney. It was super fun. I was speaking down in Florida. And so it was kind of like a great opportunity for us to just load them up and go with us. And we stayed and we went to Disney World and we told all three of the older kids, but we didn't tell Calvin. You know why? Because he has no concept of time. And so it was a week away, but that week could turn into an eternity if a four-year-old knows. That's just what happens. So if you told him we're going to Disney World, what would he say? Right now? No, not right now, buddy. Tonight? No, not tonight. Neck day? Neck day? Not neck day. Neck day? So every, so you just don't tell him. You try to quietly pack his things. You save it till the last possible moment because he's gonna ask you questions you've already told him the answer to. And as I was reading this passage, it occurred to me that often in our walk with God, we're a lot like Calvin that we keep coming back to God and we're asking him questions he's already told us the answer to. He's already established that he's with you. He's, are you for us? Are you for them? Oh, I'm for you. I love you, God. I just don't, I feel like you've abandoned me. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He's already told you. He's already told you. His first question wasn't the question. It's the question a lot of times that we ask. But it's his second question that should have been the question. His second question was in verse 14, and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? What does my Lord say to his servant? Notice where that question, where the right question surfaces. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped. Where does the question surface? Where all of a sudden does all of, you know, anxiety has pushed the unnecessary question to the forefront. And that's what anxiety does. It causes, when we get wrapped up, when we get given to worry, when we give in to fretting, when we give in to concern, we end up asking questions we already know the answer to. But when Joshua stops and falls on his face before the Lord and begins to worship, all of a sudden his question changes. All of a sudden his thinking the way he's looking at the problem, the way he's looking at what's in front of him is totally reoriented. 
some of you right now, tonight, some of you watching online, you're finding it hard to trust. You're finding it very hard to trust God in the season that you're in. You're finding it very, very difficult to trust God with the challenge that you're facing. You're finding it hard to trust God and you're overwhelmed by your worries. And what has to happen is that you have to stop and you have to remember what God has already said. What is God, what promise has he already given you? What do you already know from this book? What has he already said? Because what he's already said will guide you to the question that you really need to be asking. What has he already said? And he recognizes it in God's presence as he gets his focus off of his situation and he gets his focus on his God. He gets his focus off the horizon, off what not only he doesn't know, but he can't know. God says, you don't need, Joshua, you don't need to know the future because you know me. And I already told you what's in the future. I'm gonna be with you. James River, he's already told you what's in your future, him. He's out in front of you. He's going before you. He's helping you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's on the horizon. If he told you, it would scare you worse than not knowing. So what has he told you? I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. How you trust, how you trust As you get in his presence, you get your eyes off your situation, you get your eyes off the problem, you get your eyes off yourself, you get your eyes on him. That's what gets you ready to trust. There are some Bible scholars that I read as I was looking at commentaries prepping for tonight, and there are a variety of, there are great, wonderful, great commentators and scholars But there are some who have written commentaries, and I I don't know if we're reading a different Bible. I'm not sure. Um, But their comment was, it seems like part of this chapter was lost. I don't think God lost any of his word. I just don't think that happened. But it seems like part of this chapter was lost because it ends so abruptly. It ends so abruptly. It's just like Joshua fell on his face and says, you know, what does your servant want? And he says, what does your servant want? He falls on his face, takes his sandals off, falls on his face, and that's it. It's in the end of the chapter. That can't be it. Oh, I think that can be it. I think if that's the lesson that Christ shows up to teach him and he gets it, that's it. That's the end of the chapter. Here's the thing. There are some of you and you're walking through a challenge And God is saying, look to me, focus on me, worship me, get in my presence. And you're saying, that's it? And he's saying, that's it. That's it because that's where peace is found and that's where strength is found and that's where wholeness is found and that's where your anxieties are calmed and that's where I'm gonna do a work in you that's gonna take you where I want you to go. 
Bounce where it's found. That's it. That's it. And here's what I love about the way the chapter ends. The very last phrase. Very last phrase. Verse 15. It says, take off your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Here's the thing. Jesus shows up. The commander of the armies of the Lord shows up. And he says, Joshua, get on your knees before me. I know it's, I know Jericho's in front of you. I know you don't know what to do. But here's the prescription for your problem. My presence and your response, your posture in my presence. If you'll take on this posture in my presence, I'll take care of the Jericho. I've got the Jericho, Joshua. Your responsibility is to seek me. But Joshua still has a choice. Joshua has a choice. He says, what do you want me to do? God says, seek me. I think some of us have gotten that far. Some of us have gotten, God, what do you want me to do? God says, take off your sandals. The place where you're standing is holy. I want to meet you right where you are. The question is, will you do what Joshua did? In your living room, will you do what Joshua did? Because God wants to meet with you. But what does James say? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Right now across this room, there are some of you who are facing an impossible situation. There are some of you who are facing a Jericho. There are some of you who you just don't know what to do or you've not known what to do for a long time. And can I just tell you that God's word, I believe this is God's word to you in the same way it was to Joshua. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy. I want to meet you right where you are, right where you are.